This is the 103rd episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt. With me is my dear co-host Robin Svensson. and our third musketeer, Christopher Wikström, has a very busy week in his Becoming Adult project, also known as University. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, everybody. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the Top Deck app. In this episode, we bring you a recap from our local game store last week with Robin on his seasonal Dak Faden Strife for Pile trip and myself with trusted black-red reanimator decked out in the latest fashion. Two copies of Shallow Grave, as Exhume really isn't great in a lot of situations these days days so let's get in on the action robin how was your round one my round one i was up against a jeskai deck i call it jeskai rohirrim <laughs> i think i'm the only one that calls that deck that but it's a fourth aeolingas deck basically and i faced it a lot in our local game score i think it's it's quite popular right now a lot of People are trying out different takes on, on Jeskai and Bant Red kind of decks. It turns out that he is on four back to basics in the main deck. <laughs> <laughs> wah, 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 so, uh, yeah, it's pretty tough when you play a zero basic land mana wow, base. that's hard. As we shall see, <laughs> it's an uphill battle. So in game one, he plays back to basic. And I managed to make land drops until I have mana enough to trophy. And he forces my trophy. I force back. And he force again. And then I make another four land drops until I can Ottawara it <laughs> up to his hand. And uh, he has that aircraft vehicle that like, you pay one mana, tap it, and you loot and make a little pilot token. Oh, right, right, right. I, I don't remember the name, but it's it's an, it's an artifact. So, when my mana is free, I slam a deck with the intention of stealing that artifact from him. But he has another force of will. And in the following turn, back to basic comes back, and I'm just I'm just dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's brutal. Yeah, main deck hate is very tough. So, in game two, I'm of course prepared to fight against back to basics, but it's an uphill struggle. I have a hand that has a fable, which is very good because the little goblin makes treasure tokens. Treasure tokens makes mana, even though you're under under the tax of a back to basics. And I have to fight through several back to basics. He has boarded out his counter magic, so so my, my trophies does the job. But the problem is that when I've killed three back to basics, I have also ramped him with three lands <laughs> because he has a <laughs> soul basic mana wow. base. I mean, at some point he has just an incredible mana advantage over me. And then he starts slamming forth Eorling as with like three extra land drops. And I can't cope with that. So uh, he takes me down in a swift fashion 2-0 against the, the green mana base that I play. Main deck back to basic seem to be <laughs> a good choice, at least in this matchup. <laughs> yeah, a good meta call. Yep. Knew you were coming. Exactly. So how was your first match? Well, my first match, I am up against my nemesis these days, the black, blue sort of splash red so is it grixis is it splash who cares it's a scam yeah it's a scam it's a scam i steal the first game actually through sort of he mulligans to five and my draws are lackluster because basically any draw feels lackluster against this deck but my opponent has lethal on swing back and i finally rip something useful which is one of the copies of shallow grave Hmm. So I can put 
two griefs and attack my opponent who is at five. Oh, the unblockability and haste comes into play. That's cool. Yes, 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 yes. And they had also sort of tapped out their creatures in order to sort of finally... Because they, they took forever to sort of build a board because I had lots of, uh, you know, disruption against their five hand. And then they sort of kept drawing counter magic and, and uh, cantrips. Mm. So they were basically defending themselves very successfully all through the game. I had this one grief that sort of kept on going. And then they got creatures up finally and I was able to, to haste in the win. But then in game two and three my draws aren't sort of lining up perfectly and in order to win this matchup you really need your draws to line up perfectly because it's really tough in the second game i keep an almost quite good seven but i'm thinking retrospectively since i won game one i should just mulligan stone hard in game two because i'm so likely to lose it anyway Mm. that there isn't any great point in keeping a slightly suboptimal seven because it's probably not going to be enough. So that's a lesson learned. And then in game three, well, they just have the things and I don't have a lot of things and I get squished. I think I lose game three because they, well, I lose because of Wasteland because I have a line where I can do an early show and tell, uh, but the Wasteland puts me out of three mana for a couple of turns and that's enough for their tempo to just push through. So one and two. Not unexpected, but also it does hurt. <laughs> so how do you board in this matchup? Do you like take out some of the fatties to not be as open to the dreaded they discard you and reanimate your threat? <laughs> no, I don't because th- that takes them at least sort of a couple of turns. So I take in a couple of copies of Dorothy Voidwalker and some show and tells mm. to sort of try and disrupt their game a little bit, perhaps actually steal something useful like a reanimate. If I can have a Dorothy, if I can sort of land Dorothy and Thoughtseize turn two, say, mm. and uh, put a reanimate from them under my Dorothy, that's interesting. Yep. And uh, show and tell is just sort of, I, I take out some of the graveyard reanimation because it's simply way less efficient against this opponent, whereas show and tell does more things. So, but it's, it's, Sort of, I'm thinking, should I go back to play silences? I'm almost at that level because the counter magic and disruption in this deck really, really hurts. Yeah, I think we had a short discussion about like the possibility of playing Veil again <laughs> in Reanimator, I guess, because Veil of Summer seems so good in this very black meta. But of course, you have to change the deck quite a lot to fit Veil of Summer. I don't think. It, it really doesn't fit in the game plan when it comes to colors and sideboard cards and all of that. Yeah, because you are more versatile in white, given that you have access to, I mean, quite a few, both niche and more broad sideboard options. I mean, going green, you could, the, the old old route of sort of playing the sort of the green enchantment removal. But then again, not too many people are playing ley lines, actually. Mm. And uh, getting rid of artifacts and enchantments through serenity works pretty well yeah it's a powerful spell and i think yeah and since you started playing serenity in this deck if you do i mean not all people do of course but if you do it's just i think the better option because it has has more targets basically i i think also this matchup is something we're gonna have to shore up as sort of this is gonna be bad Mm. for now until something comes along that sort of turns the tables a bit 
So, what about your round two? Yeah, in my second round, I'm up against Mind's Desire, the Epic Storm. So this is a little bit of a revenge match since last week, where I managed to beat Storm back-to-back in my third and fourth round. So this is the same player, and he is, of course, keen on getting revenge on me. And uh, in game one, I have double force, but he goes for a relay line. And reveals seven or eight cards. And two of them are Veil of Summer. (laughs) So it just beats my double force. And like the possibility here is to go after the rituals instead. To make these kind of lines. To try to kill these kind of lines in the the build-up phase. But that is also very risky. Like they play a ritual. Are you going to force that? Maybe they have another ritual or a petal in a ritual or something like that you feel really silly i think maybe that is how you need to play against this because they both have relay and mind's desire so letting them accumulate mana and storm is is really dangerous yeah for sure in the second game it's a little bit more of the same i keep a decent hand but it does not have an alrod it does not have the trap so maybe i should have mulled harder because he can just plow through my hate and uh, and win rather easily so that's total game was over in like 20 minutes or something it was really <laughs> fast and underwhelming from my part and i and i seriously considered to bring in more storm hate because storm is really popular right now with the new printings both mind desire and beseech has like made it more interesting to play obviously and i think i need to play Perhaps a couple of fluster storms in addition to the trap. And uh, your second round, how was it? My round two was a utter reprise of round one. Oh. I'm sitting down facing basically the same deck and with another skilled opponent piloting it. So I steal game one with an, a beautiful turn one Grizzlebrand reanimation, draw 14, get the absolute fantastic hand from doing that. And my opponent's life totals go from 20 to 17 and then they scoop because then I have sort of reanimated an Archon and unmasking my opponent. And they're like, yeah, no, that that's that's quite enough. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I've seen what they're on already because I did sort of discard them earlier in, in the turn. So I win the first uh, game. But then I mulligan to five in the second game and I mulligan to five in the third game, trying to find a better start. The, the second uh, game, I just get smoked. And the third one, I have some fighting chance. I, I do get an Archon going but they are just sort of bigger than i am and doing most of the things better than i am and they win 2-1 and i take up another loss against this nemesis of a deck Mm. it's kind of tough when shadow and scam is such a big part of the meta i think the the 4-0 deck from last week was a scam deck as well yeah i think that's my first round for one opponent opponent. yeah yeah, yeah. it's looking a bit dark looking at the nationals i think (laughs) if if this is what the meta is gonna be like i'm like oh no yeah i think you really need to be prepared to face off against that that, that deck. No, for sure. So how, how was uh, round three for you? All right, so I'm 0-2 so far. I'm uh, not in the winner's bracket, and I face off against a quite a spicy pile. He moves to five, and he makes... The first play that he makes is on his third land drop, he plays a cavern. So island go, island go, then third land drop is a cavern, of which he says something like... Elv, maybe. And then he plays an Elvish spirit guide, uncounterably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is this? You're like, I've lost now. (laughs) Ogre staring me in the face. (laughs) Right. So I win not long after that. 
and go to sideboarding without a clue of what to do. <laughs> so I'm thinking this is yeah, no, some like... weird, like, maybe it's some fairies or ninjas. No, not ninjas, because that would have been black men as well. Maybe wizards or something weird. I don't know. I take out the force of wills because Cavern, you know. <laughs> sure, yeah. It turns out that he is actually on Paradigm Shift, Thassa's Oracle, with oh, wow. uh, a bunch of spirit guides to accelerate some of the combo, but also to play mana more for force and stifle. He plays four stifles and like four or more other like worse versions of stifle that do basically the same thing. In the second game, he actually catches some of my lands with stifles. And I don't really remember if we play three games or two games <laughs> but <laughs> perhaps there's a, a Thassa, Thassa's Oracle win somewhere there in there I don't really remember but I managed to to steal the match anyway I, I don't really think that this deck was quite so competitive even though like the combo itself can be good but like the I don't think the shell was the best perhaps the meme of the evening perhaps yeah exactly so uh, I, I get the win there in the in the end how was your third game well i faced up against uh, drumroll jeskai rohirrim oh don't think it was the same opponent as you though because i never saw any back to basics and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, this was a, a super fun match to play i uh, i mulliganed a bit in the first game and uh, i got smoked pretty quickly and uh, then in the second game, it's a very drawn out sort of uh, back and forthy process. Our life totals sort of are basically the same. They're almost identical in a funny way. Like we got a 20 to 19 to 17 to 15 to 13. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a very interesting sort of very narrow match going on. But I managed to squeeze out in the end or in the third game. My opponent doesn't have a lot in their hand to defend themselves against discard reanimation and i just get to go off with that reanimating aggressive brand i think and and getting things done i i think my opponent did get a bit unlucky because that deck is just stacked with counter magic swords to plowshares weird things and just sort of a lot of angles from from where they can win they failed to even though they were digging quite a lot in the third game to find the sorts of plushes they needed Mm. i I think they played like i don't know five or six cantrip spells in the end in the third game and didn't really find what they needed to find so two and one for me so i pick up a win finally that's nice sort of lamenting the fact that i'm seeing a lot of counter spells running around across the table from me strengthening my ideas of sort of should i perhaps put silence back in the sideboard is this something to consider which i think it is the thing though is that if you play scam i mean they play wasteland so but yeah. you know oh yeah my opponent did this super cool thing in game in game one where i had i kept a non-lander with two petals and double looting and i looted once and then they proceed to prismatic ending my second uh, petal nice (laughs) (laughs) i had uh, not much to go on from there that was a very nice uh, smelling blood in the water there yes of course the correct play and uh, i opened myself to it not knowing what they played but it was a fun way to lose (laughs) no no no, it's exile okay sure of course of course (laughs) all right until the final round. Yeah, round four. How what was what was that for you? What what happened in round four for you, Robert? Well, it was the podcast mirror. The podcast mirror. The podcast mirror. Always fun to play the podcast mirror, and also it seems like I was up paired because I was one and two at this point. Well, I was two. 
Oh, you were too. Okay. Then it was more more fair, I think. <laughs> so uh, I don't have the best recollection of game one. I think I have. I think you discard me, and I have double force. Yes. And you don't really get anything going from there on, and I get to slam planeswalkers and uros and that kind of stuff i I do get you down to three at some point but i think that you're pretty safely ready to to play uros and turn tables at that point Mm. i I did reanimate something yes i I didn't reanimate on the big ones i i I had since you had double counter spells i had to eventually settle to for reanimating a grief right yes you were beating me down with a grief and i had like a drown in the lock that i was keeping for your reanimation spells but but at some point i was like this card needs to be a removal now (laughs) because otherwise this grief will kill me. But I think I escaped an Uro shortly after to regain some of those life. Yeah, and then I I scoop off the second Uro trigger because I know this is just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. it's. uh, I was at six also, so it's over at that point. And then uh, in the second game, of course, you bring in the Dota Voidwalkers, a little bit of the fair plan. Yeah. And this is where the magic happens. <laughs> yeah, so so much magic happened here. Up until this point, just let's set the stage here. I sort of, you had quite a bit of disruptions in your hand, so they sort of equalized my, my attacks. Then you didn't have that much left. And I kept on. I think in in the when this when the situation that we're going to talk about now comes up, my hand is Grizzlebrand, Grizzlebrand, Arkon, Atraxa. Right, you had the most clunky draw you can imagine with a reanimated deck. Yes, like all of the clunky in the literal sense. Yeah, in the most literal sense you can imagine. Ooh, another eight mana spell. Perfect. (laughs) Exactly. It's just what we wanted. Exactly. And you were beating me down with your Dothy Wardwalker. And I had a deck going, putting bad cards in the graveyard, looking for like hate cards and counter magic and eventually some kind of removal for Dothy Wardwalker. Actually, putting putting your bad cards in the Dothy Exile, eh? Uh, mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. That's where they ended up. So on my natural draw, I draw the Liquid Mental Torque, which is, I mean, it's, it's a spicy one-off in the deck to just do... Magical Christmas land things with deck. I tap it to make the daughter Voidwalker an artifact and then promptly steal it with deck. <laughs> and like oh. that's just a, a fun move to do <laughs> to to get it out the Voidwalker, but then passing over the turn to you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, finally I draw like a looting. Right. And I, I loot and sort of, oh yeah, double reanimation spell in hand. I put sort of two of my big creatures in the graveyard and like quickly proceed to cast a reanimation spell. And you're like, actually, these guys are in exile now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going home now. I'm, I'm leaving now. This is, this, is not, this is not what I wanted to happen. I, I hurt now all over. It, it took several days for me to <laughs> stop having nightmares. That's so funny because like when you put Liquid Mental Torque and Deck Faden in your deck, you, you want to use your opponent's weapon against themselves. But this is like the like the most excellent way of doing that because like stealing yes. stealing an Archon or stealing a Grizzle Band, that's I mean that's super great. But stealing a Daughter Voidwalker is even stronger in this matchup. Yeah, it's it's a genius move. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. I'm really happy for you, but it's horrible. (laughs) Like, that spicy card has been so much fun for me. I have stolen all kinds of things (laughs) with it. Like, the ceiling is super high, obviously, but the floor is not so low because it's, like, you you have an extra mana source to pay for days and you can, like, play your Minsk and Boo a little bit earlier and all of that. So it's been 
pretty decent actually. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a great spice card. Yeah. Like, it's a spice card that interacts with your main game plan. It's not just a spice card. It's sort of it's spicy in and of itself. Yeah. And as you just said, has proven itself worthy of the inclusion. Yep, definitely. So do you feel that you have arrived at a 75 that you're relatively comfortable with at this point? I think the 60 card main deck is set, but I I am tuning the sideboard for my specific meta. I've just, you know, basically ripped off a sideboard that I guess was aligned for the online meta. And I feel like that fourth Eorlingas is something that I'm losing to quite a bit when I am feeling like I have a little bit of the upper hand in the control mirror. That card just wrecks me because it can kill from from nowhere basically and the and the like the games will go long with this deck so they will have a lot of mana when they go for it so that's one card that i'm on the lookout for something to counteract and moat uh, moat yeah that would be good big big, fla- big big flavor win here yeah but it, it it's yeah it's a great flavor win against uh, all those Rohirrim. but it's also very hard when i play uro and minsk and boom myself i have no wing cont that fly over the mode details details <laughs> yeah winning is just you can play pyroclasm yeah and the thing that i've been thinking of is is like you no know, hitting two flies in one hit swedish uh, wordplay <laughs> but uh, playing flusterstorm in the sideboard to like counter it on the stack, yeah, uncounterably yeah. counter it. And then also having more cards against the storm decks that are pretty hard to beat. That sounds like a wise proposition. Something like that, yes. Well, I guess we'll know after next week, eh? Yes, we will. And that is all we have for this episode. If you are going to the Swedish Legacy Masters, please let us know in our Discord. We will do all in our power to organize a meetup in the small but wonderful city of Borås. There is a link to our Discord in this episode description. And in addition to Discord, you can find us on X still at STHLM Legacy. And just as we said last week, we are waiting for the Legacy magic community at large to move on to another platform we will surely follow it there but for right now we are on x and uh, where can people sort of learn more about artifacts from you robin well i do post my legacy diary on x and i am jacka underscore boat and you can find me there doing the same things more or less as Disco Drogo. And that is the end of the 103rd episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you, Robinson Sien. I am Victor Bernhardt. Many thanks to you for listening. The great and mysterious Fernandes has written their music. You can find more of their work on Spotify. Until our next episode, take my experiences as a reminder that the sideboard needs to be tailored to your specific needs. <laughs>